Let's pray. Father, thank you for another beautiful day. You are the author of all life, and you've blessed us again today. Lord, that you'd also lead us as we study your word from this beautiful chapter in John. And Lord, that you would guide us as we study your word. Many In many ways, we're spiritually blind. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And Lord, that you would light our minds up today as we study your word, that we would not be ignorant, that you would give us some of your wisdom today. And also, Lord, take away our self-will, that our will would conform to your will, and that we would take every thought captive to your obedience today. Lord, that you would open up our spiritual ears to be able to hear your Spirit's voice as you speak to us, and that we would delight today in your word. And also, Lord, that when Satan approaches us to try to snatch your word, that you would give us a a spiritual protection, that you would have preeminence in our life. Lord, you are such a good God. And even when we pray, Lord, we fall so far short. And Lord, we ask that we would love you more. We'd have a desire to keep your commandments and that your spirit would guide us, especially as we look at your word today, Jesus. We love you, God. Amen. Today, we're going to look at John chapter 11. This is quite an extended verse, and I will read these verses. It's John chapter 11, verses 1 to 45. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Martha which anointed the Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then, after that, he saith to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of the taking of rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning her brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, My brother had not died, but I know that even now 
whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again, in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which had come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she had heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews, which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. This is a very, a very lengthy passage, but it is so awesome. If we look at all of the miracles that Jesus accomplished during his three-year reign while he was walking on the earth, he conquered evil so many times. And here is one of the manifestations. This might be his greatest miracle. If you could classify miracles, I mean, every miracle that Jesus did was wonderful. But this perhaps is one of the strongest indications that indeed he truly was God. Because Jesus has the, the keys of sin and death. And here he proved that he had the power to resurrect from the dead. So we're going to look at four points today. The first point is the love of Jesus for God's glory. The second point is death as sleep. 
The third point is Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And the fourth point will be the certain call of our Lord Jesus. So let's look at this. John verse 1, chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. Jesus often visited this family. It was Mary, Mar Martha, and Lazarus. The Bible records that many times he spent time at their home. And it was only approximately two miles outside of Jerusalem. And it was a windy path as the crow flies. I've been told it's, it's perhaps only a thousand yards or so from Jerusalem. It was very close. So when he visited Jerusalem, he would often stop there. Just think about that. God came to their house and fellowshiped with them. He would have dinner with them. He would rest there. He would be wearied. He would sleep there at their home. And what a privilege to be able to minister to God. And they loved Jesus, loved God, and God in likewise loved them. John 11.2, uh, It was that Mary which anointed the, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. This verse is actually pointing out that this is the same Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment. Now, we don't know if John is looking back when he references this because he's, a, he, he's writing the book of John in the future because if we look at chapter 12 of John, the next, the next chapter on verse 3, it says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And chapter 12 is, is right before the Passover week. So we don't know if this reference in chapter 11 is a, a first time that she anointed his feet and then there was a second time in chapter 12 or if perhaps this is looking back at that same event. Mary had the privilege of anointing the Lord's feet with her hair and with this expensive ointment. Verse 3, Therefore his sisters said unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Mary and Martha knew that Lazarus was very sick. You know, many times when we, we have our, our family, our brothers, sisters, our parents, our children, when they're sick, we know it's not a really detrimental type of sickness. We can look at them, hear some medicine, take an aspirin, get some rest, go to sleep, and many times the next day or maybe two days later, health is restored. But there's a different kind of sickness, which is a sickness unto death. And that is a deathbed when somebody's on that bed. And we know that is a different type of sickness. Here, Mary and Martha know that Lazarus is very sick. They're so concerned that they send a message to Jesus. Now, at this time, Jesus, Bible scholars think he's east of the Jordan River. And from Bethany, that's approximately 40 miles. That's a good two days journey. We also know that his sisters are so close to Jesus, they know where he's at. They're able to send a messenger to Jesus and said, the one that you love, Lazarus, we know you love him, he's sick. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. So Jesus is saying this sickness isn't unto death, even though physically, Lazarus is about to die because Jesus knows that Lazarus is indeed born again. He's been redeemed. If you're born twice, born of flesh and born of the spirit, you only die once physically. You don't have a spiritual death at the great white throne. Here Jesus is pointing this out. 
that this sickness is not unto death. Jesus many times references the spirit world. And spiritually speaking, Lazarus is not dead. And also, if we look at John chapter 9, verses 1 to 3, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Jesus, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be, manif- be made manifest in him. So here we see Jesus takes the blindness away from this man. He gives him back his sight. And Jesus is saying, this is that the works of God should be made manifest in him. The same thing is going to happen to Lazarus. The works of God are going to be manifest him, made clear, made evident to everybody who sees when Lazarus comes out of that tomb. And many times in our life, we have difficulties. We go through ups and downs. And many times our heart cries out to Jesus. Why? Why am I going through this? Perhaps somebody has died or we have a financial problem or somebody's going through a divorce or there are many, many reasons emotionally, spiritually, and physically that we can be harmed. And many times we ask Jesus, why? The reason is that God should be made manifest through us. Job went through many things. The reason Job went through all of the trials that he went through was for God's glory. The reason we're here is for God's glory. John eleven five. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. How clear that is. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Jesus loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do we love Jesus even an inkling as much as he loves us? We need to love Jesus more. John eleven six. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Sometimes we wonder, why would Jesus abide there two more days, knowing that it's another two-day journey to get back, a total of four days? Some of the Bible scholars say that in the Jewish culture, they thought the spirit would hover over the body for up to four days. So if you died, it wasn't necessarily a a total death sentence until at least four days later because perhaps that spirit could re-enter your body. I don't know where this came from. This is just what some of the um, commentaries say. But the point is, perhaps Jesus did abide there in another two days and knowing that it was a two-day journey back, a total of four days, that indeed any doubters, any reasons to say, oh, Lazarus really wasn't dead, they couldn't come up with that argument. Next verse, verse 7. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. He's saying to his disciples, we're going to go back to Judea. Judea is that territory where when he goes in, he's literally walking into a death sentence. The Jewish leadership, they have a death sentence. Anybody who finds him has to turn him over to the leadership. So when he's saying to the disciples, we're going to go back to Judea again, that's like an alarm to them because they know He's a wanted man. Verse 8, His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither? Jesus, they, they want to kill you. They want to stone you. Are you sure you want to go back? Look at Jesus' answer. Verse 9, Jesus answered and said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. What Jesus is speaking here is that Each one of us 
have an appointment with God on his calendar where he's going to take our life and he's going to judge us. It's appointed on man wants to die. But we all have 12 hours. We all have a course. And God is in control when each one of us dies. And he says, if any man walks in the day, he stumbleth not. That's when you're walking on the course that God has given you. If you walk the course God has given you, you will not stumble because you see the light of the world. I heard a pastor once say that many times missionaries go into very troublesome and dangerous areas. For example, if you were in the Middle East right now and ISIS were chasing you in in Afghanistan, his point was that if you're in God's will, you're in the safest place you could be, even if you're walking in Afghanistan, we're looking to kill you. And Jesus is pointing out to his disciples here, he's doing the Father's will. He is safe. And God has has a time when he has to go to the cross. And now is not that time. John 9, 4 and 5 says, I must work the works of him that sent me. And while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This goes back to this referencing that Jesus is the light of the world and he was sent to do the works of the Father. Verse John eleven ten. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. This verse is referencing back into the spirit world because Jesus is saying there is no light in him. Jesus is the light of the world. He is our spiritual light. If a man walks in the night, he will stumble. He will fall into sin. And eventually he will fall into death, hell, and then after the great white throne into the lake of fire because there is no spiritual light of Jesus in him. The next point, point number two, death as sleep. The Bible is very clear. We have a physical body and a soul. And when we die, the body is to be put into the grave. In some people, they cremate it. Sometimes it's lost at sea. It's never found. But the Bible says we are dust and not to dust we will return. And the Bible speaks that when we physically die, the body sleeps, but the soul either goes into the presence of God, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, or the soul goes into hell to await the final judgment when all the bodies are resurrected. Deuteronomy 31, 16, the first half of that verse says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Moses knew that he was about to die. And God is telling him, you're about to sleep with your fathers. Your physical body will sleep. His soul at that time would have went into paradise. Daniel 12, 2 says, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. This verse, in referencing many, that's all of mankind. And mankind is divided into two categories. All of them sleep in the dust of the earth. Everyone will awake, some to everlasting life. That's the judgment unto life. Those are the people who go into glory, into heaven for eternity. And the other group is some to shame and everlasting contempt. These are the souls that are in hell awaiting the great white throne judgment. And they will go into everlasting contempt of the lake of fire with their bodies that will be resurrected before the great white throne judgment. John eleven twelve. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Put yourselves in the shoes of the disciples. They know that if they go back to Judea, they could run into the Pharisees, into the Roman soldiers. They want to stone Jesus and their life is going to be in danger. 
So they're saying, thinking, Jesus, you just said he's sleeping. Maybe it's a good thing that he sleeps. If he sleeps, he does well. After all, when we're sick, isn't the thing that we want to do is just crawl into bed and just put the covers over us and sleep it out until we get better. And they're saying, Jesus, if he sleeps, he's going to do well. Verse 13, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. He's not talking about sleeping like you need to go sleep in the bed. He's talking about sleeping in the grave. But they thought that he spoke of taking a rest and sleep. So once again, many times the, the, the disciples are on a different page than Jesus. They're in a different song in the songbook. Here they're on a different page. They're thinking Lazarus is taking a, a nap kind of sleep. Then verse 14, then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. No question, he's dead. Now this probably is raising many questions in the disciples' minds. Okay, you just said he's sleeping, Jesus, and now you're saying he's dead. But really what is amazing is the next verse. John eleven fifteen. Jesus says, and I am glad for your sakes. Verse 14 ends, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and I am glad for your sakes. Jesus was glad that Lazarus was dead. And the reason is because many of the disciples that followed Jesus were not saved. When we look at Judas Iscariot, he never was saved, even though he walked with Jesus for over three years, listening to the greatest preacher God himself preach. He wasn't saved. His soul right now is in hell. But Jesus is saying, I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that I was not there in Bethany when Lazarus died, that I was not there to the intent you may believe. This is why Jesus is glad. He wasn't there because his intention is that they may believe, that they may have eternal life, that they may come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And he's saying, nevertheless, let us go on to him. Now it's time to leave. Let's go back to Bethany. Verse 16, then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Remember, Thomas is known as Thomas the Doubter. He wasn't there when Jesus first appeared to the disciples in the upper chamber after his resurrection. And he told his disciples, he didn't believe that Jesus was resurrected. He said, unless I put my finger into the prints of his hands and his side, I will not believe. But here we see he's a man of courage. He's saying, yeah, it's going to be a little bit unsafe when we go back to Bethany and perhaps we're going to be arrested and we perhaps we, we may even die with him. But hey, guys, let's go that we may die with Jesus. All right, the next point, the third point, Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. John eleven seventeen. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Verse 18, Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off. A furlong is approximately an eighth of a mile, so 15 would be just under two miles. So Bethany is close to Jerusalem, just under two miles outside of Jerusalem, and it's on the eastern side of Jerusalem. So if Jesus is on the western side of, on the other side of Jordan, which is east of Bethany, he's going to be walking approximately two days, approximately 40 miles into, he's going to come into Bethany. But he's not yet there. It says in verse 19, and many of the Jews came to Mary and Martha to comfort them concerning their brother. Did you ever go to a funeral where there was hardly anybody there? And then you went to another funeral where there might be four or 500 people. 
Usually, the difference is a testimony of that person's life. If somebody has lived a wicked, evil life, perhaps a drunkard or an adulterer or somebody who's been in a lot of trouble, somebody who was selfish, didn't have friendships, he didn't impact many lives for good, that person's going to have a very small, unattended funeral. But a person who is loving, sharing, giving, that person will have many people coming to their funeral. Here we see that many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them. It appears that Mary and Martha were very loving people. And also Lazarus, because really they're coming for his funeral to comfort Mary and Martha. What this says is that all three of these people had a great testimony. And doesn't it make sense that Jesus, if he's going to stay at somebody's house, he's going to want to stay where the love of God is present? I believe that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very steep, deep in the love of God. And they shared with their fellow Jewish community the love of God. Verse 20, Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. So the messengers, before Jesus arrives in Bethany, they send word, perhaps one of the disciples ran ahead. Remember, Martha had sent and Mary had sent a messenger to Jesus. So now he's returning that favor. He's sending a messenger ahead. And Martha hears the messenger. Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him. She got up immediately and left the people that were mourning over Lazarus. And she went out to meet Jesus. Verse 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou had been here, my brother had not died. You could almost hear the passion in her voice. Now, some of the commentators, they take this two ways. They're saying Martha might have been a little bit angry, saying, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I don't read that into it at all. I think she's grieving, and she loves Jesus, and she has so much faith. She says, Jesus, if you had been here, I know you would have healed him. I know you love Lazarus, and he wouldn't have died. But it also indicates that she has a little bit limited faith because she's not even thinking about Jesus possibly raising Lazarus from the dead now that he's been dead for four days. Verse 22, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Sometimes when we're in a a desperate situation, and especially if we're thinking about somebody who has just died, sometimes we say, Jesus, God, just can you bring them back? I miss them so much. And we can almost read in this passion that Martha has, that whatsoever you ask of God, God will give it you. And look at Jesus' answers. He says, Jesus saying unto her in verse 23, thy brother shall rise again. Lazarus is going to raise up from the dead. He will be resurrected. Verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So her mind is on the resurrection unto life. She knew what the Bible taught. She has read the Old Testament. She's very familiar. Remember Job said, even though the worms eat my body, yet in my flesh will I see you, Lord. Job, the oldest book in the Bible. She's well aware that there's going to be a resurrection. And she's saying to Jesus, yes, he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus isn't thinking about the last day resurrection. He controls the keys of hell and death. 
He can rise, raise up anybody from the dead at any given time. Look what Jesus says unto her. These next two verses are so beautiful. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, Lazarus is dead. He's physically, his body is sleeping, yet shall he live. And in fact, any Christian who dies will live again. Verse 26, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Verse 26 is talking about the person who's still alive because it says, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Now, does that mean as Christian believers in 2017, we're never going to die? No, that's talking about spiritually we'll never die. Physically, any one of us could die tomorrow and our body would have a funeral and be put into the grave. But Jesus isn't talking about that. He's talking spiritually. So let's read those verses again. They're so beautiful. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He controls the keys of death and life. And then Jesus says, He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And in the spirit world, before you believe Jesus as your Lord, God, Redeemer, and Savior, you are dead. If you believe in Jesus, you will have eternal life. Today, listener, ask yourself, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man goes unto the Father, no man goes into heaven, but by him? Today can be the day of salvation. You just need to trust and obey, repent of your sins, and ask Jesus to come in and save you. Verse 27, Martha saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. This is such a clear testimony that Martha is a believer. She calls Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, very deity, the very deity, the very omnipotent God with all the power, all the glory. Yes, Jesus, you are God. Verse 28, And when she had so said, she went away and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master has come and calleth for thee. So now she wants to share this good news that Jesus is back. And she goes back to call her sister, but she calls her secretly. I, maybe she doesn't want all the other mourners to know that Jesus is there. Perhaps she wants Mary to come back to visit Jesus and talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. And she says to her sister Mary, secretly, The Master is come and calleth for thee. So Jesus had sent Mary ahead and says, go get Mary. I want to talk to Mary. I want to comfort Mary in this time. And perhaps already he's thinking he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead and he wants her to be there. Verse 29, and as soon as Mary heard that, she rose quickly and came out to Jesus. As soon as she heard Jesus was there, this was such good news. Jesus is here. We sent for him. It's been four days already since we sent for him but he's here. And it says she got up quickly and came unto Jesus. Verse 30. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where, Mar where Martha had met him. So now Jesus stays there. He's waiting. Perhaps this is very near the tomb. And he's waiting for Mary to come out, knowing she will come to visit him. And it says he was not yet come into the town. So this means it's, this is still east of Bethany. The Bible doesn't say how close he is, perhaps a half a mile. We don't really know. It would be pure speculation. But he's still not coming to the town of Bethany. Verse 31, 
The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. So the other mourners, they saw Martha come in, whisper something to Mary. They don't know what Martha had said to her. And when Mary quickly gets up to leave the house to go back to Jesus, they follow. And they're thinking, well, she's on her way to go mourn Lazarus at the grave. And they say, she goes to the grave to weep. Verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. This is a form of worship. Mary comes out to meet Jesus and she falls down at his feet. She's giving glory to God. Just as she washed his feet with her hair, perhaps earlier in John and then again in verse in chapter 12, we don't know if it's one time or two times, you know, referencing a future event when he's writing this book looking back, but she loves God so much. And here she's worshiping God saying, "Lord, I know if you had been here, my Lazarus wouldn't have died." Jesus, we know if you would have been here, you could almost feel the passion in the morning and the love for Jesus all rolled into one. The last point we're going to look at today, the certain call of our Lord Jesus. Jesus is God. He will call all of us and it is certain call. And the call will be at the resurrection. If you're saved, it will be the resurrection unto life. If you're not saved and you don't get saved before you die, it will be the resurrection unto damnation. But this is a certain call. You will hear the voice of God. John eleven thirty three. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, this is Mary weeping at, at, her, at his feet, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Jesus can see in that crowd in the spirit world, who's saved and who's not saved. He can look at that person or this person, John, Mary, Joe, and he can say, yes, you're saved. My spirit is in you. But no, you're not saved. My spirit is not in you. He knew in that crowd, in the spirit world, who was on their way to hell. And it says he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Not because Lazarus is dead, Remember earlier, he was glad when Lazarus died because many people will be saved. But now he knows, he looks into eternity and he sees some of those souls will never be redeemed. And he groans in the spirit and he's greatly troubled. Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? Jesus is asking, where is the tomb? Where is Lazarus? Where did you lay him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. So now they're walking over to the tomb and it says Jesus wept. We don't know exactly why Jesus is weeping. It seems when he groans in the spirit over the people that are lost, I believe he's weeping more because those people are lost and on their way to, way to hell than because of the sorrow of the people who are weeping over Lazarus. He's not weeping because Lazarus is dead. He's going to raise him from the dead. He knows in a few minutes, Lazarus is going to be alive. He's not crying because of that. Jesus is weeping because of the sorrow there in the people that they're experiencing sorrow and that some of those people will experience eternal sorrow. Verse 36, Then said the Jews, 
Behold how he loved him. So they're seeing Jesus crying and they're interpreting this that Jesus is crying because Lazarus is dead. And they say, behold, how he loved him. He must have really loved Lazarus because he's crying that he's dead. Verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? So there are many people there. They're saying, this man, Jesus, we saw him do all these mighty miracles. And they're referencing, in particular, where he made the blind see, which was an awesome miracle. And they're saying, this man, Jesus, couldn't he have caused this man to have not died? If he could have healed the the man of blindness, certainly could have healed somebody who was sick. Look at verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, come to the grave. Jesus, again, is looking at their souls And once again, he's groaning in himself, not because Lazarus is dead, but because they're spiritually in wickedness. They're spiritually lost. They are spiritually dead. They need to be born again. Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. So Lazarus is inside of a cave And they have rolled this stone in front of it. And the reason they do that is so that nobody can go in or no animals can go in and start to defile the body. Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. So Jesus gives the command, take away the stone. And immediately Martha, perhaps she's thinking of this embarrassing situation and maybe it would be a little bit of a disrespect to the dead body she says jesus lord by this time he stinks it's been four days maybe jesus didn't know she's thinking maybe jesus didn't know exactly how many days lazarus was dead maybe he thought he was just buried a few hours she's saying jesus he's been dead four days by this time he stinks his body's decaying The wages of sin and death are taking their hold. Look at verse 40. Jesus saith unto Martha, Said I not unto thee, that if thou would believe, thou should see the glory of God? So he's referencing the conversation. Did I not say unto you, Martha, if you would believe, you would see Lazarus resurrected, you would see the glory of God? Remember, everything Jesus is doing is for the glory of his father. And now he's going to show to all of these people there the power and the glory of God. Verse 41, Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. They take away the stone. What a climactic moment that's about to happen. You can see these people they're standing around the, the tomb. Perhaps it takes two or three men and they roll. it says they roll. They took away the stone. It took more than one person. They took away the stone from the place where the dead, where Lazarus was laid. And then in the presence of these people, it says Jesus lifts up his eyes. He's looking into heaven and he's talking to God. He says, Father, I thank thee. I thank you, God, that you have heard me. And then look what he says. In verse 42, Jesus says, 
and I knew that thou hearest me always. You know, whenever Jesus prays, God hears him. He doesn't have to publicly speak. And the same way with us. When we pray, we don't need to pray out loud. We can groan in the spirit over our sins. We can pray just with our eyes closed. We can pray in our bedroom, in our bed. We can pray at our table, kitchen table. We can pray when we're driving in our car, going to work. And God, if we have a clean heart, always hears us. And Jesus, again, verse 42, And I know that you hear me always, Father, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So the reason Jesus is saying he's speaking out loud to the Father in the presence of these people is so that they can hear him talking to God. And when God does this awesome miracle, they will know that you, God, Father, have sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world. In fact, the Bible teaches us the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. It's such a simple, beautiful verse. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 43. And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he cried with a loud voice. So Jesus, after he finishes his prayer to the Father, he speaks with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus didn't say come forth or all of the bodies of all the graves would have come, come out because Jesus is God. He is the resurrection. So he says specifically, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44, and he that was dead came forth. Wow, Lazarus was dead. He that was dead came forth. And look, he's bound hand and foot with grave cloths. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Here we see, it's almost like this vision. I think of these zombies, you know, in these old movies from the 50s and 60s where they come walking out bound in grave claws. That's kind of the image that comes into my mind. I'm not sure what pops into your mind, but here, Lazarus, he's bound hand and foot with grave claws. And his face is covered with his napkin. So what does Jesus do? He says, Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. <laughs> He's alive. Take those grave cloths off of him. Verse 45. This is how we'll end this, this message. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Many people were saved that day. Miracles are awesome. And when these people had the privilege of seeing Jesus do these miracles, it's seemingly on an everyday basis. Many believed. Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. But you know what's really sad? If you read on in this chapter um, 11 of the book of John, some of those same Jews that saw Lazarus raised from the dead, they went back to the Jewish leaders and reported it to further get Jesus in trouble. They took what Jesus had done for good and made it into evil. Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And that's what they were doing. They were calling good evil. And the Bible says, woe unto them. Perhaps those were the souls that Jesus was grieving over when he looked and saw in the spirit world that they were lost and on their way to hell. Today, listener, you don't have to be 
lost and on your way to hell. If indeed you have not received Jesus as your Lord, God, and Savior, today can be the day of salvation. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what a day is going to bring forth. If the Holy Spirit is working in your life, if he's speaking into your soul, if the word of God is in your mind today, listen to the word of God. Don't put his spirit off. Don't quench the Holy Spirit speaking with you. Bow your head. Ask Jesus to come into your life. Jesus is God. And one day all of us will have to give an account for the deeds done in our body. We will have to give an account for every time we spoke idle words, for every thought, every action, even our attitudes in life, because they impact people. Today, call on Jesus and ask him to be your Lord, God, and Savior. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful passage in the book of John. It's such a touching subject, and it's such a moving subject, and really it shows the power that you have, God. You raised Lazarus from the dead, just as you will raise all of us one day from the dead. And Lord, on that day, that resurrection day, which all of us will have, will it be a joyous time or will it be a time of sorrow? Father, I thank you that you are my God. I thank you that you are my Savior. And Holy Spirit, that you would work mightily in the minds and the hearts of the people who hear your word that it would not be falling on rocky or hard soil, but that it would be falling on rich, good soil. It would bring forth fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. We ask this in your precious name, Jesus. We love you, God. Amen.